I'm Austin Riley Miller, and you're listening to Unfurled, the story of our flags. Have you ever watched a professional sports match? Let's say an NFL team or a Major League Baseball game. The players get paid thousands and in some cases millions of dollars to play their sports. The athletes have been honing their skills for years upon years, and they're the best in the world. Now, after watching a professional game, have you ever then gone back and watched that same sport at a high school level? There's quite a difference, even if you just compare professionals to, say, a collegiate level. For instance, in the NBA, teams are averaging a score of about 112 points a game, while in the NCAA, which is the college level, the average score a game is just about 68 points. That's almost half the number of points. And maybe the defenses just really suck in the NBA. But more likely, the offenses in the NBA are just so far and beyond those of the NCAA that more points are scored, even while the NBA still has better defenses than in college ball. Regardless, the level of play is different between high school or college ball and that of professional ball clubs. That's obvious. And the same idea holds true, it seems, with most state flags in the United States. National flags tend to to have simple and unique designs. We already have discussed a number of them on the show. The Union Jack, the Stars and Stripes, Canada's Maple Leaf flag, the Danbrog, and a few others have been mentioned. And many of these flags follow the rules of how to make a good flag. They're simple. They don't use words or writing. They're symbolic, and they stick to basic colors. Of course, some flags on the national stage are better than others. Canada's is a particular favorite among most vexillologists, myself included. But there are a few flags on the national level that don't hold up as well either, just as there are some professional sports teams that never seem to make the playoffs. But overall, I would say national flags hold their own. Then there are the state flags. And most of them are, uh, well, they're just, how would you describe them, Aaron? Atrocious. That's Erin Miller, my wife and fellow vexillologist. Now, before you cry foul for nepotism, I should explain that she's a senior studying visual communication at BYU-Idaho, and she knows a lot about the state flags in America. In fact, more than I do, and that's why I brought her in today, because our topic today is on state flags, and why they are so, so, so terrible. Okay, time for a quick disclaimer. Aaron and I are going to bash a lot of state flags. A lot of them. Yeah, and before we do, I just want to give everyone a heads up because odds are your state flag is on our list of needs improvement. But that doesn't mean that your state is in any way terrible or bad or that Aaron or myself hate your state. Flags are tribal. People may take things personally, but please don't. We are critiquing and discussing these flags as objectively as possible as vexillologists. So don't worry, it's just about the design. Besides, even our own home state has an awful flag. All right, with that through, I think we should begin. Where do you want to start, Aaron? Let's do the top five state flags. Okay, yeah, let's start with the, the positives. Because there are a few really great gems amongst the 50 states. Uh, do you want to start with number five and maybe work our way up real quick? Sure. Okay, well, number five, what do you got for it? And let us know, Aaron, why it ranks so high. 
Number five would be Colorado. Mm, That's a good one. In case you're unfamiliar with it, it has three horizontal bars, blue, white, and blue. Uh, And on the left third, it has a gold disc with a red C surrounding it. Yes, and the reason this flag is so good is that it breaks all of the rules of flag design in all the right ways. The design is unique and has a powerful symbol that represents Colorado. That golden disc with the red C, right? Yeah, exactly. And you see it on t-shirts, hoodies, and hats. And you can even find those things outside of the state because it's so popular. All of the parts of this flag symbolize different elements of features of Colorado, which is known for its mountains, snow, and sunshine. Yeah, it's a solid flag. Well done, Colorado. Number four is Tennessee. This is a red flag with three stars in a blue circle with a white border around that circle and a blue stripe on the fly, which is the part of the flag not attached to the flagpole. Again, it's only one of the simple state flags. Most kids would be able to draw this easily enough. I would rank this flag higher, but the stripe on the fly is a bit odd looking. Um, But then again, it has symbolism behind that as well. Okay, fair enough. And uh, what is number three? Number three is Alaska. Oh, now this is one of my favorite flags. In fact, my favorite flag, but um, I am a bit partial to Alaska, so take it away, Heron. <laughs> it's a real simple flag with no lettering or sills. It's just a navy blue flag with golden stars that form the Big Dipper, and it has the North Star, which is fitting for the state as it is the furthest north. And I can speak from experience that uh, those stars are very prominent in winter nights, too. I grew up in Alaska, love the flag, love the scene. It's beautiful. It's one of only six flags that has two colors on it, and that helps it in simplicity. It's it's a good flag. All right, going on, who is number two? Oh, it's Texas. Texas is actually one of my least favorite flags, but it is really, really well designed. <laughs> well, way to stay objective there. Uh, I can't say it's my favorite, but it's a well-designed flag. Yeah, you gotta give it credit for its simple yet effective design. Two bars, white and then red, and a blue vertical bar on the hoist side of the flag, with a white star on it. It's a most very popular flag, and it's used a lot. I feel there are some flags that are very similar to it, like Chile and North Carolina, but its design is very good. But one flag that is very unique among state flags and is really well designed is... New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico. This is such a good flag. And Aaron, I know you are really passionate about this one. I knew it was your favorite, so dive in. What makes it so great? Well, it's a yellow flag with the Zaya sun on it in red. The North American Vexillological Association actually ranks it first among all the flags in the U.S. and Canada. All right, well, tell me more about the symbol, the the Zaya sun. Well, the Zaya are a prominent Native American tribe in New Mexico. They hold the sun in highest esteem, and their symbol of the sun represents a full life. In the sun, we see four being represented as a sacred number. We have four groups of four rays pointing each direction. They represent the four cardinal directions, north, east, south, and west. The four seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter. The four periods of day, morning, noon, evening, and night. And the four stages of life, childhood, youth, middle years, old age. The symbol is prominent throughout the state now, and it's even on their license plate. Yeah, if I were hosting a podcast on license plates, New Mexico's would probably end up in my top five again. It's it's that good. 
I mean, it is that good. Seriously, it really is. I mean, but let's get back to flags, (laughs) license plates later. Uh, Those were Aaron's top five United State state flags. But after the top five, things devolve rather quickly. And this isn't gonna, this isn't to say that those are the only good flags, but it just gets much more difficult to rank. Well, it is hard to rank so many of them when they all have almost the exact same design. Yeah, what Aaron is mentioning here is the dreaded curse of the state flag in the United States. Over half of these flags are what are known in the Vexillological Association as seals on bedsheets. They are so bad. They, they really are. But for everyone listening, um, could you briefly explain real quick just what is a seal on a bedsheet? Seals on a bedsheet are a solid colored flag, usually dark blue, with a state seal or coat of arm slapped onto the center of it. There's not a whole lot of thought that goes into it, really. Well, besides a seal. Yeah, but the seal is already designed before the flag is made. That's that's true, and a seal has zero business being on a flag. Amen. And that's because seals are meant to be stamped onto paper and official documents. Yeah, that's why there is so much more detail on them. And we both know that complicated details are a big no-no for flags. That's right, because most flags are viewed from the distance of 100 feet away. You won't be able to tell what is on a sill if it is 100 feet away. Yeah, I think the common comparison is that a flag will look the size of uh, like a one by one and a half inches from about that distance. Yep, and a complicated sill on a blue field isn't distinguishable, especially considering so many state flags do this. Yeah, she's, she's not wrong. In fact, there are 20 blue state flags that have their state seal on them. That's 40% or two out of five of the flags with almost completely identical design. But, I mean, there are also a lot of other flags that would also win, in my opinion, the Seal on a Bedsheet Award. I think we counted 31 that we give that distinction to. 31 out of 50. Some are more egregious than others, but they are all on my list. In fact, let me call these flags out, because they are a bane upon vexillologists everywhere. Here are the 31 terrible state flags in no particular order in two minutes or less. Connecticut. Delaware. Florida. Georgia. Idaho. Illinois. Iowa. Kansas. Kentucky. Louisiana. Maine. Massachusetts. Minnesota, Michigan, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, North Dakota, South Dakota, Oregon, Oregon again, Pennsylvania, Utah, Virginia, Virginia again, West Virginia, Vermont, Washington, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. We also want to give warnings to the following. I'm looking at you, Oklahoma, Indiana, and Nevada. You guys better shape up. I really wanted to give you guys a seal on the bedsheet award, but but Aaron here won't let me. And also, I named Oregon and Virginia two times because those two flags had the audacity to have reverse sides that are different. Like, what happens when the wind blows the other way? They'll be different. It should be the same. 
Your flag shouldn't be hard to differentiate depending on what the wind, which way the wind's blowing. Shame on all those flags, but especially Virginia and Oregon. Alright, that's my list. Those are the Seals on the Bedsheets awards, but there's still a lot of the bad flags, so... I mean, th this is just the really egregious ones. Anyways, I I'll, I'll, I'll take them. I mean, you know, just go take a moment. I'll be right back. Okay, now that we have sufficiently called out the terrible state flags, Aaron, how about you do, uh, you, you explain a little bit about what you've been up to. So a couple of months ago, I undertook a project where I redesigned 50 state flags. Well, most of the state flags. Some of them really didn't need to be redesigned at all. Like our top five? Yeah, I didn't touch those at all. There are a few flags like Arizona's, South Carolina, Arkansas, Ohio, and Wyoming's that I just modified a bit. I think the most of the back flags do have elements of some good flag design into them, but some of the sills on a bedsheet do need a complete redesign. Yeah, most of those just need to get rid of the little lettering, or in Wyoming's case, just drop the seal and the buffalo on the flag looks great. Yeah, and so many of the mediocre state flags actually have some good things going for them. I really love what you did with uh, California's flag in particular. You simplified the bear. The astroturf bear? <laughs> yes, the, the astroturf bear. Uh, you got rid of that little patch of grass or astroturf underneath it. You simplified the bear, you turned the bear red, and then dropped the words Republic of California off the flag. I think we all recognize California's flag. We don't need to be told whose flag it is because the symbolism of it is so strong enough. For anyone listening, by the way, Aaron's redesigns are at alpharubberducky.com. You should check them out because they're really good. California's in particular, but my favorite one that you fixed is still Rhode Island. Uh, Rhode Island's current flag is white with a yellow anchor on it, surrounded by stars. But your redesign, oh, it's great. It, it keeps the anchor. But the flag has just two vertical bars, one white and then the other yellow. And the anchor is centered where they meet and it alternates the colors. It's, it's just such a clean design. Thanks, Austin. My favorite flag design was Georgia. Georgia, huh? That's that's an interesting flag, actually. Let's let's dive into that one just a little bit. Okay, yeah. So Georgia's state flag has been redesigned many times already. In 2001, it was voted the worst flag by the North American Vexillological Association because in it, it had five different flags in it, as well as a lot of other terrible design choices. The flag they have now has the state seal in a blue canton with three stripes, red, white, and then red. But what it really is, is the stars and bars, which is actually a subtle call out to the Confederate flag, their national flag and not the battle flag. So in my redesign, I simplified their seal, centered it in a white circle with blue bars on top and bottom, behind the circle and a white bar between. I also put 13 gold stars around the simplified seal. It's a well-thought-out flag. I, I like the way you made their seal work as a design in the middle. It's the one state that has a seal that I thought could be transformed into a good design. Yeah, I, I can see that. It's, it's not too bad. So that was Georgia's flag. Now, you redid most of these flags, and I want to go into the one you didn't redesign yourself, the Mississippi state flag. This flag is actually in the process of changing, isn't it, Aaron? Yes. So the Mississippi flag was the last state flag to have the Confederate battle flag included on it. 
there's been a lot of push politically this year for it to change. Which probably doesn't surprise anyone considering the events this year after George Floyd was killed. And it's interesting because Mississippi didn't even have a state flag for 94 years. Wait, what was used before? The flag that they had up until this year was the flag that they used and was designed in 1884. But in 1906, there was a wave of anti-Confederate laws that repealed it as their state flag. But in 2001, the state realized it didn't have an official flag and then decided to re-adopt the flag. Wait, wait, wait. So let me get this straight. In 1906, they didn't want to look Confederate, so they got rid of the flag. But then they kept using the same flag unofficially until 2001 when the state just decided to reinstate it anyways? Exactly. So the movement to not look Confederate didn't do much back then, it seems. At least not where the flag is concerned, no. But now the state decided to actually replace the flag. Yes. And there was a proposed flag by Lauren Stennis. And she designed what is now known as the hospitality flag. It has three vertical bars, red, white, and red. Much like Canada's, but the white in the middle is a bit wider. And in the middle is a blue star surrounded by 19 smaller stars in a circle. And it's actually a modern adaptation of the Bonnie Blue flag, which was Mississippi's first flag before the Confederacy. So this sounds like a pretty good replacement flag. It's designed well, it looks nice, but um, what are the chances it ends up as the new Mississippi state flag? The design as it is, 0%. Because although the state's legislation voted to replace the current flag, one of the qualifications for the new flag is that it must have the words on it, in God we trust. There is a possibility of adding those words to the hospitality flag and having it being adopted, but it would weaken the design. And this is where we get to the crux of the issue. Regardless of what or how you feel about the motto, in God we trust, it it doesn't belong on a flag, because no words belong on a flag. Yeah, and flags are two-sided, so if you see the words on the backside, it'll be hard to read, because it's backwards, and that's why they don't belong on flags. Exactly right, And, and we just hit on the reason why so many state flags are terrible. And that's because oftentimes, it isn't the design experts and dexillologists who decide what the flag requirements will be. The politicians do. The only way to get a flag approved is through the government legislative body. Even though the new flag of Mississippi will come down to a vote by the people in two weeks, the politics behind it have already limited all the choices to a flag that includes wording. In fact, a lot of good design is foregone because of politics. The people who design our voting ballots, government websites, seals, and our beloved flags are often limited by the restraints of politicians, who most of them, frankly, are terrible designers. There's a lot of things and instances where the government goes to the experts for advice, but design is oftentimes not one of them, as we see in our state flags. That's quite discouraging, actually. It can be. But there is hope. Salt Lake City just redesigned their flag, and it looks really good. There's actually a growing trend in redesigning flags, especially at a city level. Pocatello, Portland, Reno, Milwaukee, and Salt Lake City all have updated their flags to really good design, and vexillology 
is getting more popular with the help of people like Roman Mars advocating for better design. It definitely has gotten big, and it's a big part of the reason why I'm doing this show, too. While the politics do get in the way of good design, there is a push for better flags, and that's beyond just municipal flags and designs. Mississippi adopting a new flag has created a lot of discussion nationwide about the design of our flags. And there's even discussion about flags outside the United States, too. I have some uh, Kiwi and Australian friends who've mentioned that there are discussions in their countries of redesigning their national flags. Now, Aaron, before we wrap up, what can we do to help get better designs in our flags? So I think the first step is to be informed on what makes a good flag. Take a look at your city flag or state flag and learn and determine if your flag is good or bad. If your flag doesn't measure up to good design, then start a discussion for a new flag. Start with friends and family and inform them about what makes a good flag. Inform others because it takes more than one person to make a change. And if you can, inform your politicians with and representatives. They're the ones who decide in the end. Change in flags happens, just like any other change in government. Erin, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about flags. State flags are mostly terrible, but change can happen. Unfortunately, politics creates a big hurdle for flags, and honestly, flags are political by nature, so it makes sense. But just like how a high school athlete can one day maybe become a professional star in their sport, your state flag can maybe rise to a higher level too. This has been Unfurled, the story of our flags. You can find more episodes of this show just about anywhere you find your podcasts. For more information on Aaron's state flag redesigns, again, go to alpharubberducky.com. This episode actually turned into a good segue for next week, when I'll dive into the history of political flags and their influences on society. With the United States election coming up in just under two weeks, it seemed like the right time to explore the topic. Also, as a fun side note, last week I mentioned the possibility of the Union Jack changing if Scotland voted their independence from the UK back in 2013. And I actually just today read an article this morning that that said about 58% of people in Scotland currently support leaving. It's another interesting example where politics ends up determining how flags look. And I thought it was fascinating that the question may still be posed as to what will happen with the Union Jack should Scotland leave. Anyways. More on the politics and flags next week on Unfurled, the story of our flags.